Oh hey, Fancy Seeing You here. Welcome to the podcast. My name's Naomi. I'm your host, and this is Mindful Musings. A place where you get to learn all about fitness, nutrition, psychology, and how they're all deeply interconnected. Sometimes we take a tangent or two, but in the end, I thank you for joining me, thriving with me, and growing with me. Now, let's go learn something together, shall we? Hello and welcome back. It's me, Naomi, the plant daddy, your host, the one and only. I'm right here, solo as always. Hello, how are ya? How you doing today? Let's uh, find a comfy seat and open this thing with some breath work to ground us down, shall we? All right, we're doing a two-part inhale. The first part of the inhale is from your belly. The second part is from your chest. And then we're going to hold. And then we're going to let it go. We're going to do a few of those until I say stop. Ready? Take your left hand, place it on top of your heart. Take your right hand, place that on top of your left hand. So both hands are right on top of your heart. When you feel safe and comfortable, and if you feel safe and comfortable, please not while driving, close your eyes gently. All right, here comes that two-part inhale. First the belly, then the chest, and hold. Exhale, let it go. Good, again. Good. Inhale. Let it go. Two more. And again. Big inhale. And when you're ready, let it go. Oh, hi. Welcome. Do you feel present in your body, grounded, stable? If not, rewind. Give it another go. Or don't. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. What are we talking about today? I'm not really sure. I think I'm just going to blab on a bit about something. And we'll see where it takes us. I'm having this urge to speak on like the um, the school system <laughs> and, and the way that we sort of condition people in society. And, and, and I have two views on this and they're opposing, which I find very interesting. Oh, maybe we'll talk about friction and how that's good in relationships. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But I find personally that my two perspectives on schooling as a whole, so if you don't know, public schools were created obviously as a place for everyone to learn and education at least in the United States up until, so kindergarten till um, 12th grade is free, right? So it's afforded to you. You do not have to pay for it. It is a public education system. We have to pay for further education, like college. This is not the case in some other countries. 
With that said, if you look at the education system, it was originally created to the best of my knowledge to make good little factory workers. And that's why the bell goes bring just like it does in the factory for lunch, at the close of lunch, at the beginning of the day, and at the close of the day, just like in a factory. It was made for everybody to sort of condition them to become nice, subservient, good listeners. That's why you sit in a desk, you face forward, and you listen to the teacher. As time has gone on, we have learned just through trial and error, obviously, that this doesn't work so well for all human beings, does it? And well, don't get me started on the DSM-5 or how everybody goes, all the, all the psychologists go and they meet um, one time a year or however often and they pull up the, the diagnostic manual and they go, mm, what else can we add? There's no other medical conference in the world that's like that. That's because medical and uh, um, mental health conditions, right? Uh, they're clinical diagnoses. You can't really run blood work and say, ah, this is what you have. There's nothing wrong with that. I think where we start to get in the weeds and where it can get kind of twisted is where we go, mm, can we make up something new for a new drug that we have to treat it and then we'll make more money? That starts to become not okay. Anyways, I'm not here to dispute the um, legitimacy of the DSM-5. I think that there is a lot of legitimate diagnoses in there and there's a lot of good help that's come from that. I'm not here to attack it. I'm just slanging some stuff. Anyways, this brings me to ADHD and ADD. When we put a bunch of kids in a classroom and we say, ah, you're going to be a good little factory worker. Just sit down, shut up and listen. And when the bell rings, then you can have your lunch and you're going to be happy. Little kids aren't programmed this way. Many adults aren't programmed this way. And so we sort of were like, you know what? Something's wrong with you. Yeah. You're, it's not the system that's wrong. It's you. Because you can't sit here and you can't pay attention, so you're the problem. Whereas there's there's a beautiful book written about ADHD. I will link it in the show notes for you. But it talks all about how those with ADHD or ADD are actually, or maybe the hypothesis is, those people's brains are designed to be the people in tribe who are alert and they're the warriors and they keep everybody safe. Because their brains are programmed for hyperactivity. They're always alert. They're always scanning for something new. They hear, they see everything. They're more sensitive. And so when they hear a little crackle in the bush, they go, what was that? And then they can look and they can investigate. And then another one happens, what's that? If you take that same wiring in that same brain, right? Actually, pause. It would make sense then why those people with brains wired in that way would still exist today, right? Because they keep the tribe safe, they're able to reproduce, and they make more brains that are wired like that. So fast forward through farming and agriculture where farmers, that isn't of much value to the farmer. What's good for the farmer is that you can staple down, focus, harvest the crops, plant the seeds, water the crops, you know what I mean? It's not, you start to have less of an advantage if you're like, what's that? What's over there? What's that? There's um, other, we utilized other animals for that, right? We had 
special dogs that would protect us and we formed relationships with other types of animals. So we started to get less and less of those people, but some of them were probably the wiring and ADHD people's brains was probably still allowed to sort of exist. Maybe it wasn't as uh, prolific as it was before. Fast forward to today. And we put all of those people in a room and when they're distracted or they want to go outside and they want to touch something and they want to see something and they need to move to focus, we say, something's wrong with you. You're the problem. You can't sit down and focus. There's nothing wrong with that person. That person has a beautiful superpower. They can push five cars at once. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, five, one, three, two, five, four, four, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they can push them all. And the, uh, those of us that don't have ADHD maybe can just push one really far. And so in the short run, it looks like, ah, their one car is going really far. But when you actually take somebody with ADHD and you say, okay, push your five cars, go ahead, have fun, go, you can do it. And you can time block them. There's beautiful strategies for people like this to get things done. Time block your time if you have ADHD in 15, five minute chunks, whatever it is that makes sense for you. And just have a list of tasks that rotates. Once you get bored and you're shifting off of one, boom, fly to the next one. Just make that next activity something productive. It's one of your five cars, one of the five things that you're pushing. And then boom, when that one gets bored, boom, move, 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 move. You're pushing those cars. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, three, five, four, one, five, four. You know what I mean? You can push them at whatever pace you want and you can just rinse and repeat. That's a freaking superpower. And for us to squash people with brains like that hurts my little soul. To have a child with ADHD or ADD and to medicate them, to me, in my opinion, my own opinion, is just heartbreaking. You're taking a child who has this beautiful innate ability to be so incredibly aware and has such a superpower to push all of these cars at once and get a lot done or not. Why do they have to get stuff done like society says? Don't make them do it that way. Don't get it twisted. I think that we live in a world where that needs to be done sometimes. And if that's the majority of people, if the majority of people are like farmers, like I described, and they can focus on one thing, the ADHD person or the ADD person is going to have to learn to focus. So there are hacks and loops and tricks. That's why I said time block your time, five minutes, one minute at a time at first, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. I recommend 15 to 20 minutes per task or per like car goal that you're driving, right? So if it's like, okay, I want to write my workout routine and I want to watch this show on Netflix and I want to write a course and I want to talk to my Aunt Gertrude and I want to start um, uh, an herb garden. You can do all those things, especially if you have ADHD. You don't have to just plant the herb garden all day. What you can do is call Aunt Gertrude, then plant a little bit of the herb garden, then go watch a little bit of your Netflix show, then work a little on your workout program. Then, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll call Aunt Gertrude again because, you know, I thought I'd touch base with her again, even though it's only been 30 minutes. Oh, you know what? Now I'm going to plant a few more seeds in my herb garden and then water it. The thing about someone with an ADHD brain, they're not going to forget where they were in that task. They won't because that's how the brain works. The rest of us, the farmers of us would be like, oh, how are we supposed to do that? That's not structured enough. Blah, 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 blah. Do not judge somebody else's uh, brain structure in the way that they do something because yours is different. It doesn't mean that they can't. It just means that you can't understand it, which is just fine. You don't have to understand it. They do. You don't have to understand them. They do. 
You do have to understand them. If it's your job to lead them, that's a whole nother story, right? And and you don't have to have full understanding, but there needs to be space for them to be able to do what they're going to do. This is when I talk about leadership and I talk about leading others. This is why it's important to know your people. It's important to know whom you're leading. It's very, 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 very vital. You know how they work. If you know how that person ticks, you can give them the proper soil, the proper water, and the proper sun to thrive. If not, you're just going to squash them into a box, assume that they learn or grow or think or do like you, and you are you are going to wilt them. We are all different. This is why we struggle in relationships because you're not the same identical person as your partner, right? You're not the same identical person as your friend. You're not the same identical person as XYZ, right? We can all agree that we're all different. So why when you're in a leadership position, why would you assume and treat everybody else underneath you like they are you? That's why the system, I believe, is broken with how we promote our leaders. Oh, you're really good at reaching your sales goal, Timmy. You know what? I'm going to assume that you're really good at being able to help others reach your sales goal. And now you're the manager and your job is no longer to reach sale goal, which is what you're good at. It's to actually instruct all these other people and make sure they meet their sales goal. You know how Timmy's going to do that? He's probably going to do it the way that he did it. And he's going to make sure everyone does it how he did it because that's the only way that he can think of, right? Because that's what worked for him. Why wouldn't it work for you? Oh, wait, we're all different. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any gosh darn sense now, does it? No, that's why being a manager and being a leader and being a boss and being an owner of a company, you need to understand your people. Businesses are run by people. To understand business, you must understand people end of story end of freaking story business is not numbers business is not math on a calculator it's not data it's some of that but you know what it mostly is it's a bunch of other people and to understand those people and to really 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 light a fire under where they are good and to let them know where they are strong and where they are weak and lifting them and leveraging them in the place of their strength and giving them just enough where they can grow in their weak spots. Maybe you partner them with somebody who has a strength with their weakness, but enough overlap. Imagine if we did that with our teams. Imagine how much they would grow as people and how happy and fulfilled they would be. Yes, the system is broken. In my, in my humble opinion, back to school. So, schools this little microcosm for the rest of the world right oh be a good little factory worker my poor little friends with adhd sit here with your hands in your lap and while you're trying not to chew through the desk and chew through your pencil and slap the kid in front of you because you're so dang bored you know make sure you learn while you're in here too yeah friggin right how are we doing our kids any favors by making them do that that's why we're like, ah, you know what? They need a recess. They need a recess and a lunch because heaven forbid a kid have to sit still for that long. Have you ever watched a child? Watch a child. I don't care if they have ADHD, ADD, nothing. They're the most focused child in the world. Watch a child. Watch, watch your child or watch any child and, and see how they function. Kids are amazing. They're like these untainted, perfect little models of humans and then like as we grow we just bump into each other and create little dents all over one another 
If you watch kids, not only do they move completely bi biomechanically properly, watch a toddler. Incredible. Perfect squat. <laughs> perfect. Everything's perfect. Watch their brain. Their brain is also perfect. It's learning. But you know what it does? Bounce, 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 bounce. And then as they develop a little longer, like a little further along, they learn to focus on something a little longer. Bounce, focus. Bounce, 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 focus. Focus, bounce, focus, bounce, 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 bounce. And they bounce around. That's what their brain is doing. Intelligent people are going to get bored in a classroom. Extremely bored. So we're unintelligent people if it's not, and, and this isn't like a measuring stick of IQ. I'm just saying like, there's more at play here when some, a child can't focus and you know what, you have a problem. Let's, let's medicate you. You're actually broken. No, nobody's broken here. They're just different than, than the collective, right? That's, that's different than being broken. That's being abnormal, which is just fine. If you ask me, <laughs> not that anybody's asking me. So if we go in and we're, we're assuming that everybody's like us in our workplace or our schools and we're telling all of these people they're wrong. Listen, I, I just don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I know that I just built a beautiful case for how we should know our people. Yes, we should know our people, but you know, what's kind of sad about that. If we're looking to teach people in a large collective, we have to lump them up as a collective and do what we can for the majority, not the minority right? People don't like that answer. People don't like to hear that. What else are you to do? If you have 300 cattle or dogs, let's say dogs, people love dogs, 300 dogs, 250 of those dogs do basically the same thing for the most part. They like to all eat at 11 a.m. Let's say. Then you got the other, the last 50 dogs that like to randomly eat snacking throughout the day. What are you going to do? You're going to feed all the dogs at 11. That's what you're going to do because you're not going to take the time to figure out which of those 50 dogs like to snack throughout the day. You just sort of see them as an anomaly. Like, yeah, some of them don't really eat, but I, can't, I don't even really notice. That's what sort of happens in the collective. The, the masses sort of dictate how things are controlled. I think this is why one of my beliefs is that people and groups shouldn't be in very, very, very large groups because then we start to lose... Um, it's strange to me. You start to lose community when it gets too big and you start to lose individuality when it gets too big as well. But when it's too small, then you don't have community and you're too much of an individual and you're lonely and you're isolated. So there's like a sweet middle ground. And I think that like how we existed a long time ago in tribes was probably perfect in a way like, oh, or, or maybe not perfect, but it's maybe how we were sort of designed to be. And I don't know, I mean, there's lots of theories on what that number is. And I'm not, I think that people will naturally break up into these smaller groups. This is why you have cliques in high school. This is why you have cliques when you go to college. This is why you have cliques when you find yourself at a certain gym or at a certain golf club or at a certain XYZ. These are all people sm forming smaller communities. The thing that's different in the modern world is that you can find yourself a part of many different tribes all at one time. You're not just a part of one tribe. So your identity starts to become, oh, I, I sort of identify as somebody who likes camera gear. And I also identify as somebody who likes nature. And I also identify as uh, somebody who's part of LGBTQ+. And I also identify as somebody who likes spaceships. And I also identify as somebody who likes to grow herbs. And I also identify as a mycologist. So which community are you a part of? 
Oh, I'm a part of all of them. Whereas back in the day, it was like, um, I'm part of the XYZ tribe. The end. That's my community. That's my people. End of story. And so I, th- I think it starts to become sort of confusing for human brains. And I think it's why adolescent brains, maybe that's why they bounce around and they're like, I like this and where do I belong and what am I going to do and where do I fit and what's going on? That is sort of that trying on and sort of like this understanding and trying to glue together the psyche of who, who am I? Where do I belong? What tribe am I a part of? How do I um, g- garner community when I'm a piece of all these little communities? And, and it's strange, like if you hear Simon Sinek talk, he'll talk about how if you zoom out, right? Like if you're an American in Europe, all of a sudden you're really closely bonded to any other American that you find and you will talk to them. But if you were in the United States with that same person and you're from LA and they're from Boston uh, and you're in the United States and you run into each other, you're probably not going to be bonded or have a conversation because they're from Boston, you're from LA. The community view looks different. The tribe view looks different from this, the that person's subjective experience isn't that strange so not only what's so beautiful about this as well is that is that we get to create our reality every moment you are a part of every community that you want to be a part of at any moment in time as soon as you choose to identify it and live in it and embody it our brains are incredibly powerful. I don't think the solutions, like I talked about school and I talked about leadership, I don't necessarily think those solutions lie in adjusting the collective. I think they lie in adjusting the individual mindset. Call me crazy because the only person that you affect is yourself. So if you each affect yourself and that's it, and you don't ask somebody else to be different for you, you just do, you do you, <laughs> Right? then you can you can stand and create and embody who you are in in the world that you want like be the change you want to see in the world if you truly are the change you want to see in the world and each person stands in that what will come up in the collective is what most people agree on accidentally because it's authentic to them and that will ebb and flow with generations and that's what's beautiful about the world because it takes all kinds It takes all kinds. And if you really, 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 really stop and think about it, do you get to control what your spouse does or your mother or your brother or your sister or your friend? If you even had an inkling or a thought of yes. No, that's an illusion. Only you control you. Only they control them. This delusion of influence it's it's real okay you can influence one another but you cannot dictate what the other person does you can't jump in their brain and make their decisions for them can you no stop lying to yourself stop living in the delusion and just be real i control me i am the captain of my ship you're not the captain of sally's ship you're not the the captain of tommy's ship you're the captain of your ship control your ship, guide your ship, embody who you want the world to be within yourself because we are all one, right? Or maybe not, depending on what you believe. Oh my goodness gracious. We started talking about schools and we ended up talking about who knows what. Well, I will say this. I think I ask myself this often 
it's like, am I going to send my kids to public school? Am I going to have kids? Do I, should I school them myself? And I think that the, the beauty of this is that like, no matter what happens, as long as you teach your kids the tools, they're going to be successful. It doesn't matter if you pull like a Kennedy situation and like, I think they I think they were the ones that had like a compound and like, are like, I'm going to indoctrinate all the kids and teach them all and groom them to be the president and the the governors and the, and lead the world. Anyways, you can do that, right? There will be shortfalls because you're only one person or you and your spouse or whoever is influencing those little young spirits and those minds are only however many people. You're going to have little holes in the rungs, right? If they go to public school, there's going to be little holes in the rungs. If they go to private school, little holes in the rungs. All those holes are okay. That's okay. It's not about being perfect. It's about providing children or providing whomever you're teaching, providing others with the tools to succeed. And they can take those and they get to have their own subjective experience. And they get to they get to find new tools and they get to make their own and they get to they get to have their own reality and they get to pilot their own ship and live their own life. And I think it's this weird human delusion that's like, I have to make I have to make sure everything's perfect and I have to make sure that this person's life is perfect and, and my life's perfect. No, you're not writing the book for them. You are giving them a pen and a piece of paper. You're teaching them how to write. You're teaching them what paper is. You're teaching them what a pen is. And you're saying, go free, have fun. Then they're allowed to do what they want. And they're allowed to have their own experience. And and to let go of that. And to allow whomever you're teaching, if you're a teacher or if this is your children or your nephews or anyone you're influencing, to allow those people to write their own story is amazing. It's powerful and it's impactful and it's important. It's important to understand where you have control and where you don't and to stop lying to yourself about where where you think you control. It's very human and very normal to want to control other people, whether you view it that way or not. Of course we want that. You know, we want to feel safe. We want to feel okay. And if, oh my goodness, if we could control other people around us, how safe and good would we feel, right? But that's just not how it works. So it's like, okay. What do I control? Take a deep breath. What do I control? Me. <sighs> I control me. The end. The list is short. And and in and in owning your reality and, and what you do and who you are and not trying to control other people and not concerning yourself with all of that other stuff. It's just stuff. You get to create a beautiful reality of your own. And none of that stuff you see on the news or stuff you see with your friends or other people that, that, that maybe bothered you at one time, it won't touch you anymore. It feels very different. I hope that you can learn to be your own person and understand your locus of control, understand your superpowers. And I hope that whether you like public school or you don't, or you understand your learning style or you don't, I say the same thing in a hundred different ways. Like know thyself. It's very important. If you know the type of person you are, you know how to learn, you know how to gather tools and then to write your own story. I wish you the best of luck in writing your own story. Thank you for spending this past 30 ish minutes with me. 
I hope that you have a beautiful today and we'll catch you next Tuesday. Well, folks, that's the end. Thank you for joining me today. And I cannot thank you enough for being part of my community. If you'd like to join us on the Instagrams, you can find us at mindfulmove.co. Our website is www.mindfulmove.co. Thank you so much for being part of my life, taking time to listen, and being part of this community. I love you all so much. Have a beautiful and blessed today with love and light. Signing out.